James, you got a you got a you got a thought on this? We learned that uh, John Morant out for a minimum another four games for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the league's going to do. Uh, this feels like something that the league needs to step in and and use their precedence and make a judgment call. And it's also something that I think the league needs to really set a strict standard here. It, it's in their bylaws. They need to drop the hammer, whatever that is, whether it's 10 games, whether it's 20 games, whether it's the rest of the season, whatever it might be. Um, this is about a young guy who's lost his way. And like you need to have your fail safes in, not only to protect your brand, but to protect the rest of your players. Uh, you know, you have situations like this, a guy starts waving a gun. What if something bad happened? What if one of his teammates were uh, injured because of something that, uh, that, that happens that stems from this? So like, look, the, there's a code of conduct that go, goes with uh, being in the league. And if you can't live up to it, you can't be in the league. It's the way it goes. You know, like we've, we've seen uh, players get a, a lifetime ban for, for one positive drug test if it's the wrong drug. Hmm. Well, this is like, in, in all reality, this is a, the wrong drug. Like what he's doing right now is he's high on some sort of weird power and thinks that he can go out and do whatever he wants. And, you know, some at some point someone needs to say that's that's not okay. It's it's not in line with our our uh, not only code of ethics, but who we are as a league. And and I hope that I hope the Grizzlies are stepping in. I just know my experience There's too many times where I saw stuff happen that shouldn't be happening. And there's such a like, well, it's not really our place type deal with this league. And uh, they, they need to they need to step up here, you know, hmm. It's a mix of money and arrogance, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, a combination of the two things you and I were talking about. Yeah. I didn't get, get you give you an opportunity to answer my question of, do you think he comes back this year? Oh, do I think he comes back? Well, let me mention you're listening to D-Lo and KC on KIFM West Sacramento 98.5 FM. KRX QHD2 Sacramento ESPN 1320. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Live on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320. YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320, as well as we welcome in the creator of the King's Beat, the sneezer from the grassy knoll, <laughs> and the... I had to sneeze. I tried to hold it. There's nothing I could do. Well, the funny thing was we caught it, and it was just, oh, somebody sneezed, and it was funny. And then it became, hey, who sneezed? And so we started going over the film. Then we found an alternate angle from Sean Cunningham. So we were like, okay, if Sean Cunningham's camera moves, Sean was the one who sneezed. And I, I, I went with James, and then I saw Sean's thing. I was like, maybe it's Sean. Someone says sorry. Someone says bless you. And it was, uh, it was, it was the Jay Triano incident all over again. Okay, so two things. I'm a really, really loud sneezer. And that's it what made what me think is. it was you. I've heard you, I've heard you, I've heard you let him fly You've heard before. me sneeze. And then not only that, but I, I always sneeze twice. For some mm. reason, I did not sneeze twice this time. And, and I'll be honest, if I knew we were only going to get De'Aaron Fox for a minute and 15 seconds, I probably could have held it in. But I was thinking, you know, we're probably going to be here for three minutes. There's no way I can hold in a sneeze that long. Uh, but we got him for a minute and 15, so 75 seconds. I probably could have held out. And, and James's sneeze. eyes watering. De'Aaron looks at, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, just holding in a sneeze. Just holding in a yeah. sneeze. That's it. <laughs> James, I'm just a little <laughs> Fox out for seven days. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, to answer your question uh, or attempt to I do think Ja comes back this year. I do, I do think he do plays. Do you think it's after this little, like more than this I think, little I think it's situation? after. I think I'm going to go five just because the fifth game is mm -hmm. on the road in San Antonio. They come back. They have a couple of home games. I think it was against Golden State. I closed the tab out, but I think it was against Golden mm -hmm. State. Mm -hmm. You're right. I'm going to go. He's back for that. I think it's March 28th. I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. He's back for that game at home against the Golden State Warriors, mm -hmm. which is five more games. And I think at some point during this trip, they say, Ja will be back with us when we return home. Because mm -hmm. you can't be away. Well, you're going to be away from the team and then fly into San Antonio? Right, right. It, it just – Make it. You, they should have just said five games today. 
and it, you, they could they could have just said he's a he, he's a he's, indefinitely. He, he's a he's away for for the upcoming road trip you know or i guess they have one home game before then or maybe two home games before then but um yeah do you do you think he comes back james yeah i think he comes back um i know i had this conversation with sean cunningham and he said he does not think he comes back this season mm. um but i i don't know you know he doesn't seem like someone who's ready to uh to accept responsibility quite yet you know like the words and stuff like all right that's nice and all but like next time let's not have your pr firm write it Mm -hmm. you know like it doesn't feel authentic yet and his actions have been escalating and anytime you see that just like oh he got caught he what do you mean he got caught i mean he literally like you know, it was his IG live. Went out he on Instagram record. live. It was like, selfie style. Like no one <laughs> caught him. Like he did it. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, you know, like I, I made the argument too. Like it just seemed like where did he get the gun? Mm. And and I know like everyone's always oh, not getting charged. He's not getting charged. Uh, wait, 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 wait. There's nothing that says he's not getting charged. The only thing is that he's not getting charged for waving a gun in a nightclub in colorado he traveled with a gun it it appears like where did the gun come from whose gun is it was it on the team plane like all of these things are going to come into a much larger discussion with the league the league is not just gonna go oh well the police said he's not getting charged because they couldn't prove that a he was intoxicated which is part of the law and b no one else would step up and and actually like talk about it. They couldn't get anyone to act as a witness. And so mm. those are things that you expect, but the team is going to get grilled for this. Every single one mm. of them, every single one of the employees and, you know, whether it's a staffer or whether, whoever it is, somebody's going to come up with where they got this gun and how it got there. Um, you know, if it was someone at the nightclub, that's one thing. But if he traveled with that gun on a, on a team plane, mm, yeah. then like, I don't know, maybe we are talking 50 games. Maybe we are talking something crazy. Yeah, and I talked about it a little bit with Damian. I, I just uh, I watched that game last night, uh, and just a small part of me because I wanted the Kings to get whatever success they could. But I felt bad for those guys on the Memphis Grizzlies, man, because Ja let those guys down, man. They're out there battling. They're trying to do what they can to get their season back on the on the right uh, on the right track. And in the middle of this, you know, his selfishness and arrogance seems like something Stephen Adams tried to like stop before it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he let them down, man, and they, they were out there fighting, but they're not at full strength, and they, there's a bunch of chaos around them, and I kind of felt bad for those guys last night. That's, you know, it's really, it's the chaos that he's brought. You know, whether he's there or not, that team, what did they go, like 20-1 and one last year without him? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've proven they can win without him. It's the chaos, and I've always said that, like, when I when I talk about, like, preseason win projections for the Sacramento Kings. I used to ask for like a plus eight and people were like, you can't have a plus eight. And I'm like, it's very specific. If they can avoid the drama, I think they like in previous years with cousins uh, on the team, it was like, I think they can win 45. If they can't avoid the drama, I think they'll win 29. Hmm. So, so my win total is 37. And people would be like, well, that's 37 plus or minus eight. And it's like, well, that's not fair. It's like, okay, well, that's that's just how I, I see it. Like, Just wait till drama. Drake rocks, walks in the locker room, buddy. Just wait till Drake yeah. walks in the locker room. That'll give you a clear indication if we're plus or minus eight. Exactly. And, you know, it's very simple. Like a, a basketball culture, we hear about it all the time. It's culture, it's chemistry. Those things are so delicate. And if you can't, like figure out a way to like be a team and and cheer for each other and and find success together then you will find uh you will find destruction and loss together that's hmm. what you find and like i watched it happen so many times here in sacramento that that's the the brilliance of mike brown and, and his staff and this team is the all in mentality and we've had some wavering here and there by one or two players where you could start to go okay, are they all in? And then you could see them fix it. And they just kept going. And at, at this point, you know, it takes, a, like you asked Keegan Murray about, 
De'Aaron well about, like I asked him one game, he had 16 at the end of the third, and then he never took another shot. And I'm like, you know, do you have to have a conversation with your teammates about like, look for me? He goes, no, I don't. Like the fourth quarter is De'Aaron Fox's time. <laughs> like I've got the best score in the league in the fourth quarter. It's not my time. It's his time. Mm. Like that's the way it goes. If there's an open shot and someone passes it to me, I got to hit that shot in that moment. But outside of that, uh, I'm not messing with that. That's De'Aaron Fox's time. And I'm good with that. And it's like, okay, that's a rookie who understands that. But I think the rest of the team understands that as well, that in order for Fox to be who he is in the fourth quarter, that takes a lot of buy-in. Mm. That's a bunch of dudes who are going out there and sacrificing their bodies for picks for, you know, to screen to get that guy open. It's a bunch of people going out, getting rebounds. They're playing defense and they're getting no payoff on the offensive end where they're not getting any of the fanfare. That's when you know that you have a team that's hundred percent bought in mm. and that's good. That's good. All right. Well, let's transition a little. Oh, let's not. One more. The Pelicans. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want to bring in the Pelicans, too, because uh, we, we were kind of going down this road for just a, a brief minute. Uh, Zion Williamson, at the, at the same time we learned Jaws out for the next four games, we learned Zion's out for, at minimum, another two weeks. I, I mean, New Orleans did not look good uh, the other night against Sacramento. Um what do you do at this point? Like a, a, a deeper discussion. Like, is it just not going to happen with this kid? Probably not. I mean, I, his his injuries are like like four to thirty six weeks. Like, how how are you as a team? How are you supposed to <laughs> like figure out how you're you're going to set up your season when every injury he has? starts out at two to four and then four to eight and then we'll revisit it after the all-star break it doesn't matter what day of the week it is when that happens like it could be november 1st we'll revisit it after the all-star break and it's you know like that's why i i told you guys like that guy had no business being on the all-star team Hmm. at all like big deal you can put up big numbers for 25 games you know so so did jeremy lynn he he's not an all-star like I know Zion has special talent and all that stuff, but like there's a reason why they put in his weight clause where what he has to his weight and body fat combined have to be less than two hundred and ninety five hmm. for him to or or he loses tens of millions of dollars. Like look, this guy I don't know that he he can stay healthy at all. I mean, has he reached Greg Oden status? Maybe not. But like we're not that far away, and just because he goes out there and puts up big numbers when he does play, that's not how a team wins. A team needs to play, especially with a piece like that, who has such an impact on on, especially on the offensive end. But you know, you still have to figure out how to play defense with him too. Yeah. I'll, I'll go back to Marvin Bagley, and I'm not going to compare them talent wise because uh, he uh, Zion has clearly proven that he's better as a player than Marvin Bagley without any question. But it wasn't just that Marvin Bagley missed games when he was with the Kings. It was that he missed, he would start and stop and start and stop. And he never had any continuity. The longest he ever played, I think, straight was 24 straight games. Like, he never had the ability to develop as a player at all. Mm. And so, sure, he can go out and put up points and he can grab rebounds, but he doesn't know where a rotation is at all. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be on the defensive end. He can't improve greatly as a player at all. His basketball IQ is the same as it was when he came in the league. All of these things fit the same as Zion. He has not had the opportunity to grow and be an NBA player long enough for any stretch of time where you can start to like depend on him at all. Uh, it's tough if you're a franchise. You have to just keep waiting. Yeah, and he's in the. He's a guy that. I would you would just take an, take a chance on if you're New Orleans like you got to take a chance on him he is so unstoppable when he's right that you just got to kind of ride that situation as long as you can that's why I have no problem with them signing him to a contract I have no problem with them you know seeing what he's got because he's so good when he is there he's a game changer he had them at the number one seed 
And, and he was playing at an unbelievable level when he plays. You got to just kind of hope that, you know, it, it clicks for him, the stars align for his body at some point where he can stay healthy for a whole season, but you got to take the chance on him. Yeah, I mean, if you're New Orleans, you're kind of stuck. You know, I, I think that's the, uh, what is it, the sunk cost theory mm. um, that, that some people just, you know, that's why getting rid of Marvin Bagley, it didn't matter what you got. It was a sunk cost. You got to, you got to move on. Mm. Uh, I think the Kings more than, well, as much as any franchise, uh, they usually do a good job of that. Like I can go back and remember like um, uh, J.J. Hickson, like the Kings traded a first round pick and Omri Caspi for him. Mm. He didn't make it to the all-star break. They, they jettisoned him and let him go somewhere else. Uh, Thomas Robinson. He was so bad they traded him before the All-Star break his rookie season. Uh, Nick Stauskas, like, the Kings don't usually stick and just keep, like, letting someone drag them down if they're not going to be a ball player. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, it's, you know, even we can go back to Harry Giles, who everybody loves, but Harry Giles, is he's not an NBA player anymore. And, you know, he's off. I don't know what Harry's doing, but, uh, you know, it, it plays into the same thing, like, there was a moment where they could either offer him the three million bucks for next year, as a you know just as part of his rookie contract, or they could say, "Hey, it's not working out," and I, I think everyone freaked out at the time. But now they really realize that it was the right thing. Um, but with when it comes to Zion, man, you're going to have to keep paying him. Mm-hmm. Just like you, you can go back, Portland gave uh, Greg Oden another contract. It wasn't just his rookie scale; he got an additional couple of years. Mm-hmm. You look at uh, Joel Embiid. Like, he didn't play for the first three years he was in the league, pretty much. So, I mean, maybe there is a point where Zion comes around and that's what happens. You know, he kind of goes the Embiid path. But, you know, foot injuries with big men are just tragic. Now we can transition to the Kings, specifically the Kings beat. Specifically your partner on the Kings beat. And maybe you can explain to us why Sean Cunningham uh, chose violence uh, on a recent edition. Of the Kings he Beat did. Podcast. Whose man's is this? Like what? Why? What? Why is Sean so hurt? <laughs> and, and for those who have not caught up uh, on 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 the Kings Beat Podcast, a spoiler alert: Sean Cunningham said uh, Mike Brown would not be his coach of the year. He said flat out, "I wouldn't vote for him." Man, damn! I think Yikes. that was a strange thing. Like <laughs> he doesn't have a vote, but why are you saying that you don't have a okay? I, I wouldn't vote for and I'm looking at him like are you like he what like he starts bringing up well the 16 years doesn't really matter when it comes to the coach of the year the hell it doesn't mm. yeah like I'm sorry last year, as Brian Dayball is polishing his trophy in New York <laughs> I'm guessing yeah. recent failures have something to do with and how the coach and of the year were decided third in the division we're talking about a team that's a two seed yeah, I'm really confused. Like, again, I, I, I think I said it on the pod, um, you know, Joe Mazzula, he didn't wreck the Porsche or he didn't wreck the Ferrari. Well, that's, that's important, all he's done. But, that, but that's important. I don't, I don't want to diminish that because I, I think that's important too. I don't think it's that easy. I don't think it's that easy to just go, oh, he's got the talent. Remember, like this Ime Odoka stuff situation, well, it was days before training camp. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not like it happened, you know, at the end of the NBA Finals. Like it happened right before they went to camp. I, I will say this though: it is easier than what Mike Brown has had to do. Yeah, it's I don't. He took a team that went to the finals. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's easier. I think that can be. Deb- I, I, look, I, Mike Brown's my coach of the year. I'm not Sean Cunningham here. Mike Brown's my coach of the year. I don't want that. <laughs> he he is the coach of the year. I just I I, I feel like the Joe Mazzulla conversation. It gets a little. I just. I think what Joe had to do was extremely difficult. I, yeah, I, I think I'm the not place he say, was put in was really, really difficult. Yeah, he brings something to the table. I'm not saying that he's just like that thing's on auto, but let's not forget that Luke Walton went what thirty nine and, and two or thirty nine and one or thirty nine and three with the Golden State Warriors when he had to step in when Steve Kerr had his back injury. Mm. I mean, like taking over a not only a really good team, but a young, completely intact, full, really good team. Um, I just don't think that that's, it's really all, all that difficult. Now, can he do it for five years or something? You know, that's something, but we're talking about a coach who 
who took over a team that not only hasn't made the playoffs in 16 years, but who was in complete shambles last season, who fired a head coach 17 games into the season. They didn't respond to Alvin Gentry and, you know, like, that's not a knock on Alvin. <laughs> yeah. Guy, fans <laughs> puking, uh, like the building emptying out, yeah. like, Look at what he's been able to create, a culture of of winning. It, it doesn't matter what they do in the playoffs, in my opinion, uh, like whether they're a, a one and done or, you know, and this group, they don't believe they're one and done. They don't even, they're not just, oh, we're so happy to be there. No, no, they're ready. They, they are going to do the same thing they've done all season, take it game by game, and they intend to inflict some damage in the playoffs. And good for them. Like I, I hope that they do. I think it would be fun to watch this team keep going. And, and here, and here's the other thing about that. And, and I think Sean is, and, you know, Sean's my guy. That's that's my man, Sean. Well, he's probably my guy too. Have I have Sean on the show. We probably should. Here he can come and defend. The part of the reason I don't have, like Sean is like the busiest dude in local media. So it's, <laughs> I, I, yeah. sometimes I don't want to bother him. But Sean, much like a lot, of, I'm not gonna say everybody. I'm just gonna say a lot of other people. Like they've been doubting this man at every turn, Mike Brown and what he's mm-hmm. as the coach been able yep. to do. Sean, I think on mm-hmm. this episode, this latest episode of the Kings beat, literally just believed in the Kings just now. Every turn it was, oh, we'll wait and see. I'm not buying it. I'm not. We'll wait and see. I'm not buying it. We'll wait and see. I'm not. No, buying that it. was me. <laughs> Sean and and Brennan both said, "Oh no, I think they're good." And it was in December, and I'm like, "Man, you you guys are wild." You boys wild. I, I'm not going there. Well, uh, not yet. Uh, well, yeah. James, you're going to have to uh, <laughs> tone for this. But not, the <laughs> point being, it wasn't to get on Sean or Brennan or James. It was just the fact that who, James was not alone with yeah. everybody else who would say, uh, you know, it's good, but they don't play defense. We'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens. You know, like ESPN the whole power way. rankings, and he's made it through the entire way. Yeah. And it can't be now. Well, there's better coaches out there. Like you guys didn't think he was going to get it done the whole time. Mm-hmm. Then he's he's gotten it done. Yeah, I'll tell you too. I was uh, I mentioned this on the pod. I was sitting courtside with Gary Gerald the other night, and we we're just sitting there taking in the pregame. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you thinking? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I don't either. And I, I said, I, I kind of feel bad that we don't know, and I feel like. The reason we don't know whether they're going to win tonight or not, whether we have that feeling that they're going to win tonight or not, is because we've seen too much bad. Too many times where you thought it was easy and they walked in and, you know, against a team without five starters, whatever it was. Like, there's been too many years. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I I feel that, like, neither one of us can't give it up, like, and just, like, enjoy the ride 100% because we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's because we've been trained to feel that way. Like, uh, you know, again, me, this is 13 years in, like 240 games in, that's what we got, right? I'm 240 games under 500. I've never seen a team break 39 wins. When they get to 40, that'll be the first time in my career I've seen 40 wins in a season. And that's not even 500. That's (laughs) so... So I guess we're, what I'm saying is like it's hard to even like to stay uh, like objective and to have like some sort of idea of like perspective and stuff like that. But when it comes to Mike Brown, I, uh, Sean even mentioned like purple colored uh, lenses. I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's not what this yeah, is. Like we can debate the De'Aaron Fox, whether he's an all NBA player or not. And we, maybe we can get some purple colored lenses there and say, look, I couldn't see a pathway we're talking about a coach who's turned around like the most defunct franchise in professional sports. It's not just the NBA. They have the worst stretch in the history of sports, like 16 consecutive playoff uh, years without a playoff drought. That's just, it's horrible. And, and it's historically bad across all sports in, in the United States. So yeah, I, I don't know. Mike Brown is, it's my guy. It's also like, sorry, Casey, no, it's, look at look at what Mike has to deal with. Like Mike has always been diminished as a head coach because he got to coach LeBron James mm-hmm. for so long. He won 60 plus games multiple times, but it's looked down upon because he he was coaching LeBron James. Coach Kobe Bryant and uh, that Lakers team to, I think, a 47 
uh, win season, uh, his first year there, uh, gets fired before he even gets his feet underneath him mm. in, in, in the second year. And so he's never, Mike has never been fully appreciated uh, as a head coach. I don't know what those people could possibly say today. Like, what could you say about Mike Brown today after what he's done? Because everything you just laid out, James, has to do with Sacramento and the Sacramento Kings and what Mike has done. But what about what Mike has done for himself? Because Kobe ain't here. Mm. LeBron ain't here. He's got some very good ball players here for sure. But he doesn't have LeBron James. He doesn't have Kobe Bryant. So this may be an exorcism for Sacramento Kings fans. I'd argue this is an exorcism for Mike Brown's career as well. Mm. Like, I told y'all I could coach. Y'all mm-hmm. gave me this coach of the mm-hmm. year before. I've won 60-plus games, but y'all diminished me. And Mike, of course, would never say this. But y'all diminished what I did. Mm. Now look what I did here with this group in Sacramento. Look how we believe in. Look how everybody's in on this. Dude, mm. he had a 616 win percentage coming into the season. And all of us debated whether Mark Jackson or Darvin Ham or Steve Clifford, like there should have never been a debate. Hmm. He was the best coach for the job at the time. And we can we can talk about how, you know, he had LeBron. Okay, he had LeBron and who else? And, and well, he had LeBron, he had LeBron. Okay, Mo Williams was his second best player. Like Zadrunas Silgoskis, uh, you know, Anderson Verjao. Like is there another Hall of Fame player on his team at all at any point answer is no like he mm-hmm. never played like with uh that first run with the Cavs. like you go back to uh like san antonio tim duncan helped make hall of famers out of tony parker and uh and manu ginobili were they great players sure but manu ginobili walks away from the game averaging like 16 points a game mm-hmm. like that's not typically a hall of famer he's the first ballot hall of famer in my book all those rings and all that stuff. You look at some of these other players that like, you know, Clay Thompson, great player, but Draymond Green, great player. But are they surefire Hall of Famers stepping into the league without Steph Curry and the run that they go on? And the answer is probably not. If mm-hmm. again, you take Clay Thompson, you put him on the Sacramento Kings for the same era, and what is it that you think of him as a player? And it's probably not the same that you think of him now. And so, like, I think it's it should be pointed out that not only did Mike not, he had LeBron, but he also didn't really have anyone else. Mm. He didn't have a group of Hall of Famers with him. And I think he's done a tremendous job here, but you're right. He did a tremendous job before. This is validation for him. It's validation of how good of a head coach he is. I mean, I, I'll bring this point up. Luke Walton is, has the second highest win percentage in Sacramento Kings history. The Kings, outside of outside of Rick Adelman, do not have a single 500 season in 37 years. So 29 years without a 500 season, not one head coach has a 500 season in Sacramento history outside of Rick Adelman. Mm. That's it's just wild. And this guy walks in, takes a completely defunct team, doesn't look to rebuild the whole thing, doesn't ask for a bunch of things. And walks out there and wins a ton of games. And I think it's absolutely crazy and incredible what he's doing. How's his former team look defensively? Mm. Yeah. I mean, tell the whole story. Maybe that's got to be a part of the conversation, too. <laughs> yeah. Number two to, uh, I don't know, what are they? Kenny had it earlier. 24. Well, I did points per game. So I know you guys do like. I'll say you above guys. replacement, yeah. 40 minutes, 48. I don't know nothing about that. I'm talking Defensive about Defensive rating. Did you just drop a war? <laughs> wins above. Is that a basketball stat too? Man. Yeah, wins above replacement. Uh, they're 15th in defensive rating. Um, but still, uh, from 2 to 15. Hey, sorry, they don't play no defense. How are they 15th? <laughs> I think the whole no league. I think, I think that's the league. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think we're. Seeing, I think we just want to make excuses for the Kings at this point. <laughs> Kings are in second. Oh, Kings don't need yeah, excuses don't, made for know, them. That, that's the that's the stat I'd be worried about. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> all that matters. I have uh, I have another question I want to ask because you 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 said something interesting there and it just sparked something in my brain. You I had another Sean Cunningham question too. Okay, so let's. You know what? You better ask your Sean Cunningham question right now. Um. No, no, just hold it in like James's sneeze. 
<laughs> just, just, just hold that, Jane. Hold that, Sean. Sean Cunningham. Cunningham. I couldn't hold, hold it in. Hold, like hold, hold that, Sean. Could hold, hold it. Hold, hold that question in. We'll come back. Uh, I've got a question. Regard. It just. You said something that sparked like. Uh huh. I got an idea here. Let me ask. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Uh huh. John Morant. Uh huh. We're talking all NBA. I, I got a question here. Uh, so we'll talk more Kings basketball uh, when James Ham returns with us, uh, assuming he decides to stay after all of this on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN thirteen twenty. continues streaming live on the odyssey app. hey real quick i've been meaning to do this all day okay. and this is massive e me let me go ahead and let these fly man the happiest of birthdays uh to jill adge oh yeah man jill adge celebrating her birthday today uh so happy birthday uh to the big homie jill love her to death and it, you know you got to do it on twitter and you got to text and and yeah. You got to do it on the radio. Yeah, Probably got a caller, got a FaceTimer, got a Facebook it, got an IG yeah. it, got to find a picture of us together to True post. No, Grove is really upset if I don't face. You literally have to do it. You 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 have to wish someone happy birthday like everywhere. Yeah, so I already texted her. I already put it on Twitter. I want to make we do, make sure we do it here on the show, man, because Jill stressful. Jill deserves her flowers, man. She is uh, not only a, a, a tremendous Kings fan, mm-hmm. she is extremely knowledgeable and is a great podcast host. I loved, loved, loved. Uh, working with her and absolutely love talking to her. So, Jill, yes. uh, happy birthday to you! Big ups, Jill. Big ups, big ups. Your Sean Cunningham question? Yeah, just real, uh, just a real quick questions asked statements. You, you mentioned what Sean said on the podcast about, you know, he said something about I'm not going to come in here with purple colored lenses, talking about Mike Brown and all this other stuff. And I just don't understand. Why, when speaking about the Kings in a positive light and what they could do and what they deserve, you have to be a homer? <laughs> why can't you just be right? Why can't why can't you just be right? Like I deal with this with like the 49ers a lot. Like I say things about the Niners early in the season, and oh, okay, Casey, okay, so three and five, you're such a homer. It's like no, no, actually, I have a pulse on the team that I follow every single day. I know what they're capable of. I'm not guaranteeing that's what's going to happen, but I know what they're capable of. I know what it probably takes to beat them. I know what they can't do, all this other stuff. Same thing with the Kings. I've been telling you all forever the Kings are going to the playoffs. They're a top 16. They're a playoff team. It's not because I'm a homer. you know. It's because I looked at this team. Sometimes if you're a fan of the team, you can look at it objectively and say, no, they're really good at this. Other teams can't stop this, and the thing that you guys are worried about doesn't really—it's not really going to come into play. But if you say it, you got purple colored lenses on instead of just being right. And I'll say this: I've been right about the Kings since like January, since December. They're going to run teams out the building. They can't stop them offensively. Nobody will. I don't care if there's 50 games left, 25 games left, seven games left. You ain't stopping them on offense. Sometimes you're just right. That's all I want to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like when we're debating things, like I, I try not to have, like I'm objective, and, and I mean that's the that's the game, right? So like we were talking about uh, the uh, the situation with like Fox. Could Fox make? Um, could he make All NBA? And, and I think Sean's point, like when we were getting, when when Fox got snubbed from the All Star team. Sean had such a good point. Like, he's not even in the top 20 in assists. He's not in the top 20 in in scoring per game. Mm -hmm. And, like, so everyone wants to say, oh, Fox got, he's the biggest snub, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, is he? Really? Because just because a team is winning when they haven't won before, we don't just give it to somebody because their team is winning when they haven't before, especially when you already know they're getting an all-star. They already have an all-star. And I think from that point when Fox got snubbed until where we are today, Fox has proven that he's even more than an all-star, that he's better than just an everyday average all-star player, that that he's actually taken a tremendous step in his development. And then if you start looking at where his stats are now and you compare him to everyone else and you know now he's like number 15 in assists, he's also... Um, number 13 in the NBA, I think, in scoring right around there. Mm-hmm. Um 
and, and you can start looking at it and, and you can make an, an objective argument for him to be third team all NBA. Uh, you know, because after you get past Luca and maybe Donovan Mitchell, like there's a bunch of guys that are, they might score more than Fox, like Shea or Damian Lillard, but their teams aren't nearly as, as successful. What they're doing isn't impacting winning as much as Fox is. And so like we can start making like a, a, we could have a debate, but again, it's not, I'm not saying that Fox is third team all NBA. I'm saying it, it, it's possible. It's not impossible. If you look at the stats, you look at the record, you look at how this team has responded, what he does in the fourth quarter, uh, the fact that he will most likely win the first uh, clutch award uh, in the NBA. Yeah, that'll uh, be real interesting to follow. That, that'll yeah. be real because like, I, I don't, you know, awards, as we have learned and discussed, don't appear to have a criteria to them. If this award actually has a criteria to it, it feels like it's De'Aaron Fox's award. The other individual that might be in the conversation is an individual I don't think they're going to give a postseason award to, and that's Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, less in – I don't, don't want to minimize it – less in clutch time. His numbers, like you see his fourth quarter numbers in general, are bananas. Um, yeah. But if we're talking clutch time, man, this feels like it's De'Aaron Fox's award. But what – sparked me thinking about all pro De'Aaron Fox when you brought that up a second ago was kind of what we were just talking about with John Morant. And I guess it can sort of similarly be tied with Kyrie in that you you wonder if they're going to be excluded from postseason honors for a variety of reasons. Whether that's fair or not is, is not what I'm discussing. But if they are, that really, or even if one of them is, that really opens the door for even more so opens the door wider a door that's already open it opens the door wider for De'Aaron Fox and that was my point too like when we were discussing on the pod because if you look at Kyrie uh you look at um Jaw uh, you look at the injury problems that um that Steph Curry has had and how many games he's missed um you know Devin Booker's gonna start coming into the conversation for sure uh but you know, there's only so many spots. Like in all NBA, there's only six guards that are taken, and we can quickly name six that are deserving or six that have a really good shot to be there, including Luca. Uh, but then, like, if it's between De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young for an All NBA mm-hmm. selection, De'Aaron Fox is getting it in, is getting is getting uh, the award. You know, that's that's just his team has won more. He, they've been better. And so those are things where I, I was intrigued by it because the top 13 scores of that group, you know, there's probably there's probably seven guards, but how many of those guards are more deserving than Fox? Uh, just whether it's team success or, you know, efficiency or name that stat you want to look at. You're pretty confident that he feels good after sitting yeah. uh, against the Pelicans? Yeah, he, he said that, like, the hamstring's 100%. Um, and... and We'll also point out it was a sore hamstring. Mm-hmm. Like they did not have some, like he didn't, we didn't hear of a strain or a slight pull or a slight tear or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I think the, the hamstring is good. He made mention of the wrist himself and said the hamstring is way better than the wrist. Mm. And so I think the wrist is probably going to take, if it does heal up during the season, it's going to take a while. This is a, a a fascinating game tomorrow night because Tom Thibodeau, the Knicks, known for what they can do defensively. They haven't exactly done it this year, though. Not the way that they did, certainly not the way that they did two years ago uh, when they made that, that initial playoff run after a, a, a long absence. And we've seen them. Not only have we seen them put up points this season, we've seen them put up points against... Sacramento this season and I'm so fascinated as to what tomorrow night's matchup uh, might look like obviously New York got their bubble burst a little bit by dropping one against the Charlotte Hornets after winning uh, nine straight one I certainly didn't predict coming Uh, but I think it's a I think it's a it's a really interesting matchup especially when you go back and you look at the way that the first game against these with these two went 
Yeah, I mean, like, this is one of those teams that you look at, um, and there's a couple of them now out there that we can point to, but it, it's one of those teams that really is a difficult matchup. Like, they've got difficult one-on-one players to match up against, and the Kings don't particularly play defense well. Um, even, like, a zone defense can work against some of this stuff, but, like, think back last year to Dallas and and how many times you remember um, that the Kings just getting absolutely buried by why am I drawing a blank on their point guard? See, James, see, see, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I know what happened right there. James was uh, going to pull up a tab uh, to pull up. I don't, I don't know if he was talking about um, he's, he's, he's back. Uh, Jalen Brunson or, was it Jalen Brunson? Brunson? There you go. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I hit the back button. That's all right. I I, I was on a different tap. Um, yeah, like Jalen Brunson just killed the Kings last year. Yeah. Like he has a physicality to him. He attacks the the lane in a different way, and the Kings struggle with him. Um, you know, it seems like every single time they played him, and so they have a collection of players that I think the Kings are going to struggle with. Uh, but I also know that like. Like they, there's no way to stop Julius Randle. Like, mm. just like they have no way to stop Fox, and they have a couple of players like that. Uh, I do like I, I really, really like Emmanuel quickly. I think he's a stud, uh, and he's going to be tough. So if Jalen Brunson can't go, which I don't think we know if he was questionable, uh, and he missed last game, but mm-hmm. if he can't go, uh, Emmanuel quickly is really good. And again, he's a tough matchup for Fox. He's a tough matchup for anyone that the Kings throw at at him uh he's just big and strong and and he's really good in the mid-range and physical that's again the kings have struggled historically with physical teams they've struggled this season with physical teams um but like this is a different you know a different squad like this is something like this king's team is something that we haven't seen before uh the fact that they haven't lost three in a row since november Mm-hmm. You know, so like every time you think that you, you want to put a question mark on them, they seem to come up and, and do something big. And uh, I think we didn't we look at these three games and I said, if if they can get through these three games, 48 wins at a minimum, but more uh, like I think they still have a shot at 50. Yeah. Uh, even if they could win. um what is their schedule? The schedule is they, they we looked uh, at we really looked at their next ten. These aren't in order, but the next ten game stretch is the Knicks. They have the Suns twice. They have the Bucks, yep. the Celtics, and then they have the Brooklyn Nets. That's six of the ten. Then you have uh Washington, a couple against Utah and Chicago. Yeah. You got some you got some winnable games. So there. there's some so different you- different tiers of teams right there. Yeah, I mean, if you can go five and five over that stretch, I think you did all right. Yeah, you know, and if you can go a little bit better than that, then it just shows who you are. Like if you can get to six and four, um, and it, it, you know, I think some of the other sneaky things that have happened here over the last couple of days, like number one, the Warriors lost two games, and that was tremendous for the Kings. Yeah, because that puts them six games back in the loss column, and they're down to like sixteen games or fifteen games. There's like so little chance of them like time is running they, out yeah they almost have to win out i mean again the, the kings go 12 and 6 and it the warriors have to go undefeated yeah it was like it, kenny had the number earlier it was it was like it was something absurd like 14 and 2 or or, or something incredibly unrealistic for this version of that team yeah they go 14 and 2 the kings could could go 10 and uh 10 and 8 and they would tie but then it would come down to the tiebreaker and as of right now uh they have a a 2-1 tiebreaker on the case but they play second to the last game of the season so yeah i I, that was big but it also it pushed them back into a grouping of play uh, of teams um and so there i think there's two teams that are six games back and then there's like four or five that are seven games back seven and eight games back of the kings there's no way for those guys to make up i think what this last couple of days have done is it cemented the kings in the top four which i i didn't know that that would happen like mm-hmm. i thought we would be in a dogfight all the way down to the end like where these guys were battling sorry to use that term i know you hate it but <laughs> like they would go uh like they would be battling all the way down to the final uh, couple of games of the season to secure a top four spot 
I think it got a lot easier over the last few days. I feel like it really comes down to what happens with these two games against Phoenix. If you can split the two against Phoenix, or I mean, it seems unfathomable to win both of them. Uh, but if you split these two games with Phoenix, or better, man, you're you're in a great spot for two, three. Because I'm of the belief now they're playing for two, three, and four. Like that's that's kind of where they are. Yeah. Uh, and and part of the reason I, you, you incorporate four is because of Phoenix's fourth. And unlike Memphis, the Kings have two games against Phoenix. So Phoenix really has a, you know, it's not, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, the Kings take care of business. Well, well, Phoenix is looking at, like, we take care of business. That includes beating the Sacramento Kings. We're right up there. Um, you know, we're creeping up to, to that second spot now at this point. Um, yeah, see, there are three games back in the loss column. You can make up three games in 18 with no problem. That's that's not a big well, deal. Especially when especially of, when you play. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I totally agree. And then, uh, like Memphis, like I, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I don't know if they can write themselves and figure it out. But the problem that uh, Memphis has is they're not very good in the conference. So the Kings, they've split with the Kings on the season series. That's the first tiebreaker is head to head. The second tiebreaker is divisional. So if you have the same record, they go and you're in the same division. They look at your division record. Since they don't play with the same division as the Kings, um, then we go to the third tiebreaker, which is conference. And the Kings are five and a half games up on on Memphis in the conference record. And like I haven't looked at uh, the Kings Suns season series, and I haven't looked at all that stuff. But that's just kind of what you have to look at. So the Kings and Suns will go. It's O two Suns. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's very possible. It is so. So if. You know, if they win the season series, I can look at I actually have it here without like dumping myself out of <laughs> out of here. Uh, yeah, Phoenix, they are O two. So if the Kings can win the next two, that's one thing. But then it's going to come down to division record uh, because they both play in the same division. So if they end up with the same exact record, um, yeah, the Suns are nine and one in division, mm. and this the Kings are seven and six. So Damn. clearly the Suns have a lot more divisional games remaining yeah. outside of even the two against the Kings. They still have a bunch more divisional games. Well, and, team, uh, and, and, and the good thing, like the division is fighting, like Golden State is fighting. The Clippers are fighting. Like the Lakers are fighting. Like the, the, those are all games that those teams are, are, are going to want. They're going to want those games. They're yeah. going to, some, well, I mean, in some cases, they're going to need those games. Yeah, and, and I mean the Kings are done with the uh, with the Clippers. They're done with the Lakers on the season, mm-hmm. uh, and they're who's the other team in their division? Warriors. Uh, oh, Warriors! Uh, they got one left uh, against the Warriors, and Kings hold it. Uh, well, I know Warriors hold a two-one advantage in that in that battle. And that's so, the second to uh, last game of the season. It's the final home game uh, of the season. The the, the Warriors okay. game is. Um, yeah! 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 Yeah, so lots of interesting scenarios. Um, we saw Oklahoma City beat the Golden State Warriors last night. They host uh, the Phoenix Suns tonight. Like, Phoenix just feels unstoppable. Like, they're so good um, with Kevin Durant in in the lineup. And it just just fits so, so seamlessly. And that's a team, like, I'm really, you know, so much talk about what that team could be offensively. My concern of them is what they can be defensively uh, and how adding that long frame of Kevin Durant, because for some reason it's put in the back seat that Kevin Durant was at one time one, one of the best two-way players in the league, that he was uh, just a menace on defense because of his length and his ability from, to get from one spot to the other uh, so quickly. Um, I'm curious to see how that Kind of because we talked about the the subtraction of defense or defensive mm-hmm. players with Monty Williams' Phoenix Suns team. Well, you did, but you added Kevin Durant, who incredible offensively, one of the greatest we've ever seen. Very good defensively as well. Well, yeah, and people forget we talked about this like before the season. Really good offense typically leads to really good defense. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're good offensively. And Kevin Durant is like above and beyond spectacular offensively. 
then you have time to set up your defense every time. So it at least slows things down a little bit. Um, that hasn't exactly worked out for the Kings this year because they're still bad defensively. Uh, but you would expect that they should have been better than they are. And they've just got a lot of shootouts and they're not a good offensive rebounding team. And like there, there are some other issues. So, uh, but either way, um, you know, well, I, I think that they'll have a shot. Let's let these air horns fly for a second because the Sac State Hornets women's basketball team just won the Big Sky Championship. Uh, congratulations uh, to KD and our, and our good buddy, uh, Coach Mark Campbell. Um, Sac State's going to the NCAA tournament, man. Congratulations to these uh, incredibly talented young women. We have been following them all season long, an incredible 25-7 and season. Uh, what a great, great run uh, for Coach Mark Campbell, uh, and what a, what, a, what a great nod for uh, Mark Orr, for Sac State. Uh, what a great nod for the Sacramento community. Uh, for the Sac State Hornets women's basketball team to go to the NCAA tournament. I mean, this is just awesome to see uh, Big Sky Conference champions. Uh, so congratulations to them, man. That is absolutely awesome. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, James. I think tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, me too. You know, I, I didn't go to Sac State. I'm, I'm a Davis guy, but I'll tell you, the uh, what Sac State's been able to do this year in, yeah. in sports, just absolutely spectacular it feels like don't you feel like between the republic and the kings and sac state football and now sac state girls uh girls basketball Mm -hmm. that they are just really taking like sacramento has become a sports city at least for this year it's really fun to see yeah it's awesome and you know coach patrick's doing a a great job and he he is just starting uh, the turnaround uh, with that men's program, he had a, a, a terrific year, and you can see, uh, you can see the light at the end of that tunnel uh, with that program. So yeah, you 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 hit the nail on the head, man. It's 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 been a lot of fun. It's it's obviously fun for us. It's it's fun locally. Uh, it's fun for sports fans. And and I'd I'd argue it, the Sacramento Kings playing the way that they are just makes it that much better. Like the fact that oh it's cool. Sac State oh Troy Taylor oh. Sac Republic, yeah, but our NBA team is a joke. No, your NBA team is 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 the second seed in the Western Conference right now. Your NBA team is is very likely to clinch a playoff spot here relatively soon, and it feels like they're going to finish not just six, but potentially two, three, or four. And that that's the cherry on top of all of this. Yeah, uh, it, it's pretty amazing. It's it's amazing to watch. I I did not know. If I would stick around long enough to see them win, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that that they have, because you can only do this so long. Yeah. And you know, I've had yeah. a good run of really bad basketball, yeah. um, and and I would love to see you know five years, eight years of really really good basketball. That would be fun. Indeed, uh, and I think you're going to get it, and uh, I think we're going to get a chance to see it showcased uh, tomorrow night on national television uh, for the second time this season. You want more Kings content? Uh, head over to the Kings Beat. Dot com become a premium subscriber uh, over there. Congratulations again uh, to Coach Mark Campbell. Congratulations again to Mark Orr, and congratulations uh, to the Sac State women's basketball program. You want more Kings talk? You want more James Ham? We've got you covered. If you're listening on the Odyssey app or ESPN thirteen twenty, don't go anywhere. We're gonna run it back next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN thirteen twenty.